And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C. C, Senor. It's a dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. Hey, everybody. How you doing? And to kick off a brand new week, pregnant with possibilities. This could be the week you get the promotion you've dreamed of. This could be the week the boss hands you a cardboard box (laughs) and you march to the parking lot. Who knows? But today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. On that theme, I hate to lay it on you. I hate to do this to you on a Monday because it's heavy, man. Can you handle heavy? Can you handle heavy? Probably not. All right, then. I'm not Here's hurt. your general manager. <laughs> the I... great... What? Go ahead. The great turning point. What? The moment at which a significant minority of American people no longer accept the national the natural rights of man. They no longer accept the free market. They no longer accept free speech. So our general manager is the the great turning point. (laughs) Is it too late to turn back? Stay with us. Stay stay tuned. As if if I have something written out and ready. I don't. And if it's not, you probably don't need to listen to the rest of the show. (laughs) Well, yeah, you'll be in a gulag soon enough. Uh, either in a gulag or everything will be fine. One of the two. It's like Jack's uh, either promoted or cardboard box scenario. Hard to say. So I got a question for you. Sure. COVID cases after declining for months, many weeks, couple of months, uh, in the United States are now up 60% rolling average over the last week mm-hmm. nationwide. We also have this statistic that 100% of the deaths from COVID last month were from people who didn't get a vaccination. Hmm. 100%. Okay. So uh, how concerned should you be about it? Mm, Not terribly. Except the the, always the the caveat, if the mutates enough, then it'll be dangerous again for people who are vaccinated, blah, blah. But that that aside, though, how, how, how concerned should you be about people who are dying from this thing who made the choice to not get a vaccination? Because you, the fact, there's so much vaccine everywhere now. I was listening to Dr. Fauci talking about it yesterday, but there's vaccine everywhere, plenty in every state, plenty of places you can get it. So there's, it's just, people just don't, there's a certain chunk of people that don't want it. Right. And if they get it and die, should I care? Well, I'm a kind and compassionate soul in contrast to my public image, and uh, I I feel (laughs) bad about that. In contrast to my actions. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In contrast to everything I say and do. Uh, Oh, which reminds me. I haven't mentioned this uh, for forever. Uh, One of my favorite books of all time. Um, Moby Dick? uh, uh, No, Kurt Vonnegut's uh, Mother Night. Okay. The whole theme of that book is... Are you what you say you are, or are you your actions? Yeah, and it's and it's, a, it's more subtle than that, obviously. But uh, yeah, anyway, uh, getting back to the COVID, uh, yeah, it's I am not that worried about it anymore. I'm fine. Those I love are fine. Um, all my doctor friends say, "Oh yeah, go ahead and get it. It's safe. They're they're fine. If you believe otherwise, that's fine. We can still be friends." I took in the Sunday morning shows yesterday. Some of your faces, the nation, your meets the press. That sort of stuff. And uh, great concern over the number of people uh, getting it and dying. And I just thought, well, if people make that choice, you know, what? I don't know. I don't know how, how much more, how worked up I ought to get about this. 
the much, numbers on the kids are still mind-bogglingly low. They're they're fine to mm-hmm. to a very large degree. Mm. I mean, I'd like to see everybody get vaccinated, and then we can just move the hell on. Yeah, no kidding. One one more thing I'll say about this, and then we'll move on from it. Uh, but Dr. Fauci, well, you said last week, first of all, get a different guy in there, because oh. he comes with so much baggage, whether it's his fault or not. Some of it's his fault. But whether it's all his fault or not, um, why have somebody that comes with so much baggage? As soon as he shows up on the TV screen, a whole bunch of people have a lot of uh, thoughts. Get a new person in there for the messaging, right. Right. Um, but he still the, the the this disconnect with the media and him and the pub and the public and everything is still he is concerned about every infection. For instance, at one point he said yesterday we really have to be concerned about this uh, this Delta variant that's going around. I mean this is a this is a big deal and everything like that. He said now the vaccine works even better on the Delta variant, keeping people out of the hospital hospital and dying. And I thought, okay, end of sentence. Why are we even talking about this? So the vaccine works even better on the Delta variant than it works on the. Why are we still even why? And now let's go to commercial or sports. Let's see how Italy beat England yesterday. Why are we still even talking about it? So he's still as a scientist. This is his job focused on the disease and making sure nobody gets it. But hey, the rest of us are not. If people get it and aren't getting sick or dying because they got the, the vaccine, well, then who cares? Well, and the, the glass is uh, half glass full, half glass empty. The glass is actually fuller than that because it is, in essence, everybody gets the Delta variant or, or whatever variant you choose. Uh, it's, in essence, an involuntary vaccine program because you're going to end up with immunity. So, yeah, I just, I, I'm not that concerned. And Fauci, oh, Fauci is so over. Get rid of Fauci. Did you watch the soccer yesterday? I, I didn't. You I, watched I meant Alex? to. So I did. I got a question for you then. Okay. Because so I'm, I, 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 the only way, there's two reasons I was aware of it. One, we did the story on Friday of how England ended up in the finals. They don't think because of a laser pointer in the eye of the goalie of the guy from Norway? Denmark. 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 One, of your, one of your cold, blonde haired countries. One of your uh, Shakespeare countries. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so somebody pointed a laser pointer at the goalie right there during your, your, your penalty kick at the, you know, to, to see who wins it. But, it doesn't look like the laser actually got in his eye. So anyway, England's in the finals against Italy yesterday. And that's the only reason I knew it was even happening at all. Then my phone starts getting alerts. It's a tie or whatever. And I'm downtown with my uh, son and we go to the yogurt shop and the, uh, and the, uh, comic book store and he bought a Zelda book about his video game and all this sort of stuff. But I keep hearing roars coming out of, uh, the bars. Ah, uh, yeah. And as I heard the roars come out of the bars, it seemed like uniformly, I wasn't hearing roars and boos. So who are most people in the United States rooting for, England or Italy? That's oh, what I don't know. Depends what side of the uh, the population you're on. There was a lot that were they're big Premier League fans. There's a lot of Premier League players on the English team, and then there's a lot of people who just despise the English fans that were rooting for Italy. Mm. So it really de- kind of depends on what side of the sports spectrum you're on. Okay. Well, not only that, but were you next to a British pub or some uh, little bistro in Manhattan? You know, full of or, the, or Queens, full of a bunch of Italian people. Yeah, I just it just seemed like a uniform roar, like if you were in a you know a college town. And that college was winning, ah, and yeah. I just thought, well, is it England or Italy? And and what's why is there such a uniform approval of either one of those teams? I, well, while I find the uh, question interesting but unanswerable, how about this? How stupid is the shootout at the end? Play <laughs> soccer till somebody scores, you it's lazy sure, bastard! Sure I mean, especially in the final. Yeah, in the sh- final, there's no excuse. There's no game tomorrow. It's sure exciting. Nah, it's it's childish. Childish. 
But it is like um, it's like in the NFL where if you end up with a tie, you have a field goal kicking contest to see who wins. What's it got to do with football? It's kind of like that here. The goalie gets to guess whether to jump this way or that way, and that's the way we're going to determine who's got the best team. Well, and or a uh, test of shooting acumen. But uh, again, I say, play, just play on. Yeah. It's just, it's very, that, I don't know. That would be exciting to just play until people are just so tired. We're day three of the European finals. <laughs> Fine. Still Fine. one to nothing. Or it's one now to one. three on two as every other player has fallen down with exhaustion and injury. <laughs> Come on. Or, or how about this? I had this idea last night. Uh, I may have been uh, uh, enjoying an ale or two. Um, after you play the two 15-minute bonus periods, remove the freaking goalie. How about that? Guys can block shots with their heads or their belly or you know, cover up their junk like they do. Um, <laughs> but the, the shootout is just dumb. It's like huh. having a home run contest at the end of the World Series. That's that interesting. Just is dumb. As a non-soccer fan, I like the shootout, but I can see uh, how it's not exactly soccer. Oh, yeah, I get it. It just it feels kind of... I don't know. We're all tired, and the kids have to go to bed, so yeah. let's wrap let's, this let's, up. Let's pick a winner. Um, no sudden death. That's the adult way to celebrate. <laughs> sudden death. <laughs> I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Monday, July 12th, the year 2021, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin now officially, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go. The show starts at Mark. I was once a child with a dream. Looking up to the stars. Now, I'm an adult in a spaceship. Hey! Yeah, we gotta talk about that. We gotta talk about this whole billionaire vanity space thing. I'm not sure how much of it is, uh, how much of it is actual mankind science stuff I'm supposed to get excited about. How much of it is just the richest people in the world trying to pee in the other guy's Wheaties. Um, uh, that's, that's the guy from, uh, that's Branson, one of your billionaires who's been wanting to go to space. Bezos is going up in eight days. He thought he was going to get up first, but he's going in eight days. And Okay, whatever. Well, as much as I do enjoy a nice bowl of urine-soaked Wheaties, I do think there are real positives from this, so we will discuss. <laughs> okay. Uh, all that stuff on the way. How's mailbag look? That's next, too. I give it an A+. Plus. Wow! Outstanding. Wow! Outstanding. And Joe never oversells mailbag. Oh, I wouldn't. So, against my uh, principles. That uh, gets good stuff there. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. People have been predicting it and hoping it for 60 years. Is the revolution in Cuba finally happening? Where the communist dictator is booted out? It might be. Biggest protests in at least 30 years happening uh, over the last 24 hours. And uh, lots of beatings in the street, but more on that coming up. Well, and the the uh, partner of the people, the confederate of the people, and their quest for freedom might be COVID-19. Interestingly enough, uh, pressure on a government yields either a better government or a government that goes away, generally, or a worse government, come to think of it. <clears throat> Freedom-loving quote of the day. Oh, man, that was a shoestring catch. <laughs> I blew it again. That would have been like five days in a row. 
You know, I've been uh, reading more uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn and uh, quotes from him, and that's sort of excerpts from his uh, brilliant books. He was uh, a victim of the Soviet Union, wrote incredibly eloquently about not only the stupidity of that system, but the the, the beauty of, of liberty, that sort of thing. Uh, a couple of quotes for him. From him, you only have power over people as long as you don't take everything away from them. But when you've robbed a man of everything, he's no longer in your power. He's free again. Mm. An interesting thought. That is where how you get revolutions. That is definitely how you get revolutions. When you got nothing to lose, you're in the street. What are you going to do to me? I'm right. starving. That's what's happening in Cuba right now. A lot of it is hunger. Uh, if you're if you're hungry enough that you and your kids are starving, okay, what are you going to do to me? Bring it on. Right, and they're in the right. streets. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. The the answer to that question, unfortunately, was featured on 60 Minutes last night, talking about the the unthinkable human rights violations in Syria mm. over the last several years. Yeah, just just I won't even I won't even weigh you down with it, but just horrific. Anyway, uh, one more quote from Solzhenitsyn: "The simple step of a courageous individual is to not take part in the lie. One word of truth outweighs the world." There you go, mailbag. Jeff sent along this COVID joke. I'd like to tell you a COVID joke, but there's a 99.69% chance you won't get it. Hey, now, that's pretty that's, good. That's almost great. That is almost great. The punchline ought to be there's a 99.6% chance you won't die from it. But people don't die from jokes. So it's almost great. <laughs> uh, let's see, because the chances are actually outstanding that you will get it. Uh, Clay, uh, with an interesting uh, bit of food for thought. Weird how smoking pot gets you kicked out of women's sports, but having a penis does not. Clay, beautiful, buddy. That is good. Well played. <laughs> That's funny. As long as we're checking your, checking around witticisms. Uh, Virginia Beach Joe right? saw this on a bumper sticker driving around VA Beach. Thought it was a pretty good summary of immigration. The bumper sticker reads... <clears throat> Heaven has a wall, a gate, and a strict immigration policy. Hell has open borders. <laughs> hey, now. I like that one, too. Moving along, uh, Tom in Vegas commenting on our discussion of touching up uh, photos. And who was it? Was it England or somebody is uh, making it illegal to touch up uh, advertising photos? A couple of European countries, yeah. and uh, it's growing and... Psychologists are wondering if it's doing any good or not. The idea is, you know, young people have uh, unrealistic ideas of what beauty is. I think this is all stupid, by the way. Blah, um, blah, and blah, uh, so right. they make it illegal to anybody to touch up a photo and make it not look like them. So Tom in Vegas writes, if seeing touched up photos is so damaging to tender psyches, then why stop with simply outlawing photos? They should also outlaw touching up the actual bodies with breast enhancements, calf implants, and nose jobs. How about makeup? Why sh- why should women be able to even paint their nails and style their hair? And my God, think of all the bruised self-images caused by guys seeing guys with good bodies. Close the gyms, I say. For that matter, why does society put up with heavy people dieting? It's just not fair to lazy, fat people. <laughs> <laughs> well, and as allegedly a musician, I submit to you, uh, you probably shouldn't allow any auto-tune, right? In fact, you shouldn't allow any uh, you know audio editing whatsoever. It's cheating. Yeah, this sort of thing. Oh, which reminds me, we need to talk more about the great pivot point, or what did I say, the great turning point, um, where more and more Americans are are questioning the very foundations of what the United States is. And I think it's, it's an opportunity to do some good, but more likely an opportunity for things to go completely wrong. It's a teachable we'll moment, is that what you're saying? Oh, Lord. Uh, mm, ah, Tim. 
On the topic of Afghanistan, if the people of Afghanistan don't want to be ruled by the Taliban, then it's up to them to stop it. They've had nearly 20 years to figure it out. At the same time, China, Russia, Iran, Pakistan have been doing everything they could think of to keep Afghanistan destabilized just to piss us off. Now that we're leaving, they'll likely regret, regret what comes next. Now we have a lot of heavyweights and thinkers and generals and politicians weighing in on the topic of whether we should be pulling out of Afghanistan and what it's likely to come from it. Fairly major we'll... moment uh, just happened in the last hour in Afghanistan. We'll talk about later. Yeah, you know, I just re, I, I actually watched a long video put out by the Washington Post uh, about, do you remember the Afghanistan papers? Through a series mm-hmm. of Freedom of Information Act uh, lawsuits, the WAPO was able to get these stacks and stacks and stacks of interviews with uh, with diplomats, with soldiers, with generals, uh, all being kind of exit interviewed about the effort in Afghanistan. And it reminded me how consistently we've been lied to yeah. by each successive administration. Just the bull crap they threw to the American people about how it's going well, our strategy is strong, we're making progress. It was all phony. Mm-hmm. Very troubling. Um, uh, somebody said, here's the answer for the soccer. Just start with the shootout and avoid the 90 minutes of boredom that precedes it. Now, you know, you could do that. Just have the shootout. It's about 10 minutes long. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Without healthy competition, big players can change and charge whatever they want and treat you however they want. And for too many Americans, that means accepting a bad deal for things that can't go, you can't go without. Rather than competing for consumers, they are consuming their competitors. Rather than competing for workers, they're finding ways to gain the upper hand on labor. And too often, the government has actually made it harder for new companies to break in and compete. That is the president discussing his enormous, complex, multifaceted uh, executive order attempting to reshape uh, many facets of the economy. Mm. We're, we're going to talk to uh, Tim Sandifer from the Goldwater Foundation about this tomorrow, uh, hour three, I believe, to kick off the hour. Uh, and it should be a really interesting conversation. I don't want to get too heavily into it today. Um, but I've read uh, the summaries of it, and and it's yet another brick in the wall of what I referred to as the great turning point, just because it popped into my head with like five seconds before the show started. Uh, but it, it, there are several stories and issues that um, it's become more and more clear that a lot of the major assumptions about American life are no longer assumptions. In this case, that the free market will figure out how the market ought to be, and that if it goes too far one way, it'll get dragged back the other way by competitive forces. For instance, mm-hmm. um, and it's remarkable how often the 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 orders themselves say the government should cause this to happen because and and what's on the other side of the because is not uh, the laws being violated or people are dying or anything like that. It, the justification is simply this is not what we would prefer. Uh, there's another outcome that we would like better, and there and that's justification enough for the government to step in in and manage a specific market which is just crazy. Now, this gets a little complicated um, because, again, it's it's multi-multifaceted, deals with a bunch of different markets, um, but you, often the people who are defending the free market in big business 
have actually bribed legislators to write laws that have perverted the free market in their favor. And then mm-hmm. a lot of the a lot of the people on the left who are saying that the free market doesn't work, look at this, look at that. What they're actually talking about is not the free market at all, it's the cheating that I was just describing. Right. It's the rent seeking, the manipulating right. government. And and some of the stuff in Biden's orders and it's executive orders to the agencies it'll take them years to write up the rules, although the rules will be awful and stupid and you don't want them. But uh, in most cases, but in some cases, his giant complex thing is undoing some of those perversions of the free market that uh, I'm raving about. So, again, we'll get into a little more heavily with Tim Sandifer tomorrow. But so that's exhibit one in, in the great turning point away from the assumptions about American life. Uh, number two, and we've been talking about this for months and months and will for years. Um, but the uh, the. No longer assuming that free speech is a precious thing worth protecting. That everybody thinks, well, your speech is offensive to me. I don't want it. You can't have it. The, 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 the hundreds of universities around the country have these speech codes that are wildly uh, in violation of the First Amendment, totally unenforceable. And every time they're dragged into court, they get hammered for it. And they, they still exist. And then Exhibit 3, which happens to do with Cuba. And yeah, you could accuse me of making too much of this. But the New York Times on Sunday ran the following lead uh, paragraph. This sentence. got a lot of attention on uh, the Twitter. Yeah, I think it should have. Shouting freedom and other anti-government slogans, hundreds of Cubans took to the streets and cities around the country, blah, 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 food and medicine shortage. Considering freedom to be an anti-government slogan. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was an interesting thing to say. Well, and how would that story have been written 10, 20, 30 years ago? I mean, the Cuban people, long oppressed by the the Castro-communist dictatorship, starving and denied the medicines they need to survive the COVID, took to the streets crying freedom and demanding their human rights. No, shouting freedom and other anti-government slogans. I don't know. I don't know. Is that nitpicking? I don't know. Or does know. that show something? I don't know if that was just like um, a mistake by the, the New York Times or a, or a sign of something. Like they meant for Cuba, those are anti-government slogans because their government doesn't allow freedom. Yeah, if I was feeling generous toward the New York Times, and I rarely am, I'd say, yeah, okay, that was one of the anti-government slogans. I get what you mean, but it's just... It's odd to portray one of the natural human rights as an anti-government slogan. A lot of people picked up on that, though. Yeah. yeah. What's the population of Cuba? Good question. Can you look I that mean, up for us there, Alex? We'll I, have I, everybody, every school kid knows it's 90 miles off of the uh, coast of Florida, or at least we yeah. used to, because it was you know, a potential missile site for the Soviets. 11.33 million as of 2019. Wow. That's a tiny country. It, it really is. Um and, and you know, I think all Americans, certainly of a certain age, have been rooting for Cuba to break free of the communist rule for years and years and years. It's miraculous that Castro's hung on to power 90 miles away from the United States where folks could, you know, pick up radio signals and get newspapers yeah. smuggled in and the rest of it. So what's the population of Haiti? Can you even that? We're, this is another Populations of Tiny Countries Monday. We well, Caribbean people... Island Monday. <laughs> 11.26. So Haiti's as big as Cuba. It is. Okay. Did not know that. They're the same size. Um, uh, developments over the weekend and the assassination of their president, as a whole bunch of people uh, have been arrested, including, are you following that doctor that got arrested? Don't know the doctor. So he was, uh, he's uh, out of Florida, 
And um, they, they think the plan was for him to end up being president. And he was uh, financing and planning the assassination of the, the uh, well, was president until he died last week um, in a just crazy assassination attempt that worked out. They're claiming that the uh, that the people that are arrested claiming they didn't have any intention of killing him. They're trying, just trying to abduct him. And uh, arrest him, and then they were going to accidentally this... shot him twelve times. Yeah, so I don't know if I buy. I mean, that. the first six, seven, I could say. <laughs> I don't know if I buy that. Oh, that's the president you just shot. Uh, quit shooting him. Stop it. Oh, now he's dead. But there are a number of Americans involved in the uh, the plot that had been hanging out there in Florida trying to get this going. Prominent Florida doctor tied to assassination patient. President, a prominent doctor with long-standing ties to South Florida, has been implicated. Christian Emanuel Sonnen has lived in the in Florida off and on for 20 years. But um, even though he calls himself a doctor, they can't come up with any medical license of any kind for him in Florida. Uh, that's sign number one. <laughs> that's How Florida is that? He's doing the garage boob jobs. Come on. It's so, obvious. So Florida man extends to assassinations of presidents in Haiti, apparently. Oof. Guy who calls himself a doctor, but there are no records that show that he is a doctor. And he did file for bankruptcy in 2013 and lost his home with a debt totaling more than $400,000. So he's got all kinds of wackiness going on. But he's the one who led the assassination attempt that turned into an assassination. So you got a bankrupt garage boob job doctor decides he ought to be the president of Haiti and they, a guy hires a, hires a bunch of uh, lunatics and they go do it and kill the guy? Oh, my God. It sounds like. Back, How Florida is that? Back to Cuba. It really looked like, I don't know if you've seen any of the videos, it's in some of them are gruesome because, you know, uh, the, the, the military, the government is on the streets with people in all black and sticks beating people in the streets and they don't care. They're not, sorry, you're not going to get anywhere with your, um, your protests against police violence there in Cuba. They're just beating people left and right. If you're just, if you just happen to be around, but it really looked a lot like the Arab Spring. Back when that happened, oh, and, yeah. and, and before the Arab Spring, when I saw something like I saw last night in, in Cuba, I thought, well, the, the, the government will get the upper hand. But, man, country after country after country fell during the Arab Spring. Countries that nobody thought, the, the Egypt, nobody thought the dictator would ever lose power. So who knows? This might be Cuba's time. I wonder if it's the Caribbean Spring. Maybe out of the chaos in Haiti comes something better. I doubt it, <laughs> but it could. And and Cuba, maybe they finally break free of the communist rule. I'd love to say it. Because, well, you know, if you're old enough or studied history, Cuba used to be the Bahamas. I mean, resorts, casinos, music, dancing, cocktailing. Americans went there all the time on oh, yeah. vacations. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and it would be that again. It would be b- billions of dollars worth of tourism to Cuba oh, um, yeah. if they could open back up. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I would love that too. Cuban food, so good. Cuban music, the culture is just fantastic. And and plus, I don't like to see people oppressed. So yeah, I'm I'm really rooting hard for that. What's the deal with Cuban cigars? Are they they're available in the United States now, right? Uh yeah, yeah. Well, they were for a while under Obama, right? Because he was cozy with the commies. Can you get a real Cohiba? I've I've smoked the cigars that had say Cohiba on the band, and it looks like it, but I have no idea if they were the real thing or not. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not quite the market for the fakes. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not enough of a connoisseur to be able to tell the difference. And I'm not sure even if you are a connoisseur, you could tell the difference. Well, it's it's like wines from Napa Valley. There are a lot of really, really great ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the really great ones from other places are pretty much every bit as great. 
So I'm sure they're fine. Major turning point in Afghanistan that happened in just the last hour that we had to uh, touch on. Uh, I didn't pay to watch the big UFC fight over the weekend with Conor McGregor, but the biggest star in the sport uh, about got his foot broke clear off. <laughs> oh, Picora. Oh, look at it. It's hanging. Barely. <laughs> oh, gruesome. Uh, but much to cover on the way. Hope you can stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You can't be kidding me. He broke his ankle. So that is it after five minutes. Conor McGregor seemingly breaking his ankle at the end of the round. And Dustin Poirier is going to win this fight and thereby this trilogy by TKO tonight. Wow. I am with the UFC Ultimate Fighting as I am with golf. I only know Tiger Woods in golf. <laughs> and a lot of us only know Conor McGregor in the UFC. And he Well, is, oddly enough, they're both in the same condition. And he is the big ticket that if they want to make big money, he's got to be involved because there are enough people that are only, you know, only recognize his name. And so he's by far the biggest star in the sport. He's the guy that fought uh, Floyd Mayweather a couple of years back. And uh, he made $30 million in that fight with Floyd Mayweather, by the way. Wow, uh, he has it. He's lost his last five UFC fights, dating back set quite a few years. He hasn't won in a long time. It's kind of like at the end of Mike Tyson's career when Mike Tyson was still a giant draw, and then somebody'd raise their hand and say, "You realize he hasn't won in ten years?" Um, yeah, Conor McGregor's kind of like that. Although in this particular fight, um, he broke his ankle in the first round, and he <laughs> have you seen the video, Joe? Uh, just uh, him on the uh, the stretcher. Uh, he, I will not watch the video of the injury. I, I didn't see it on purpose, really, but he, he's sitting there. He's lifting his leg up and like flopping oh, his foot no, around. No, 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 don't, no! You're freaking me out. To, Stop sh- it. to show everybody, hey, look at my foot. Stop it! <laughs> oh my Jeez, God. I'm gonna pass out. But uh, it, really, the only reason I brought this up is where he made most of his money, and this is why he was Forbes' highest-paid athlete of last year. He sold his, and you say his whiskey is crap, Alex? Uh, it is, yes. Okay. He sold his crappy whiskey company for $600 million last year. What the hell is he doing getting his face punched then? That's what I want. I was going to say, the $30 million for the Mayweather fight, I'm done. I'm not going to swat a mosquito. <laughs> I'm done. 30, that thirty million for the Mayweather fight, he could burn in you know in one night, making it rain at a strip club, and never even notice he spent it. He right. made six hundred million dollars selling his whiskey company. So yeah, what was the name of his bourbon or his uh, whiskey? Proper twelve Irish whiskey. I'm guessing drunken Irish. Correct. Sucker punching an old man whiskey. <laughs> anyway, you should, your leg, your foot shouldn't flop around like that. I tell you what, whether it's uh, Sammy Hagar and his uh, tequila, right, or mm-hmm. George Clooney as a vodka and whatever, if you're if you're a celebrity and you don't get a booze going, right. you're a fool. Right. We should we should do something. You know, we're kind of bottom tier celebrities, so it's probably going to be like malt liquor or something like that. Or, <laughs> oh, geez. I don't know, Armstrong and Getty uh, plastic bottled vodka or something. We'd compete with Popov and other fine brands. He's <laughs> <laughs> a sick enough. Mad at your liver? Want to punish it? Drink Armstrong and Getty Vodka. That's a good hook. Mad at your liver? (laughs) 
I'm telling you, millions would roll in when we sold that brand. Hate your life and your liver, Armstrong and Getty Vodka. <laughs> Love it. That's a good. That's a good hook. You know that nobody's done that yet. Lean into <laughs> despair, alcohol, despair and alcoholism. Lean right. into improper drinking. None of the this is classy, and I'm just drinking it because it tastes good, not for the effect of. Lean into the you're trying to obliterate your miserable life. And if I die, eh, it's fine with me. Having trouble finding opioids, but still want to be incoherent? <laughs> it's Armstrong and Getty Vodka. <laughs> Too dark? I don't know. <laughs> Hate your life and your liver. That's a we're good gonna, tag. We're going to have to focus group this stuff, but I like it. Um, so, uh, in the last hour, a major turning point in Afghanistan. The top U.S. general, a general, not journal, the top U.S. general in Afghanistan stepped down last hour, a symbolic end to 20 years of American military involvement there. General Austin Scott Miller, if you've been following this, you've seen him on the TV shows or heard, read his interviews or whatever, who's overseen the war effort for about three years. He stepped down today, and it's really whatever formality happens on August 31st. Today is really the day that, okay, it's you now, all right? We're done. And, um, yeah, the guy who runs the Navy SEALs, he's like a two star, uh, 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 admiral, I guess, is going to be managing embassy security. But in terms of the quote unquote war or occupation or police action, uh, force, that's over. Yeah, exactly. Richard Engel was reporting on some of this, how well it's going. The Taliban are laughing it up in this video reposted by a Kabul police spokesman. And why not? The Taliban have taken control of most of Afghanistan in just weeks, often without firing a shot. Afghan troops are surrendering, handing over posts and weapons. The Taliban give each soldier the equivalent of $80, pocket money for the trip home. The United States spent more than $80 billion to train and equip Afghan security forces. The return on investment so far is low. Yeah, I'd say. Yikes. They own most of the country the Taliban does already. So, what, What was the original September 11th pulling out date for? Then they moved it up to August 31st. As I told you, the top U.S. commander turned it over today... And as you heard there from Richard Engel, Taliban already has most of the country. Why are we pretending? What, what is this weird show that we're making to try to seem like it's more dignified and uh, more orderly than it actually is? And these are the dates on the calendar when things happen. No, the Taliban's taking it over as we speak. Why are we as pretending? I, as I mentioned earlier, going through the old Afghanistan papers that the WAPO put out a couple of years ago where they interviewed all the, the fighters and generals and diplomats and State Department people about how floundering and misdirected and, and spun this whole effort's been, I was reminded of how much of it is just theater, whether for national pride or, or what, or, or among the upper echelon of government and military and the rest of it, you, you got to save face, I guess. I don't know. But Afghanistan is obviously going to become a lily pad, a, a, a pond with lily pads of civilization, Kabul being a large one, and some of the provincial capitals, but the rest's going to be run by the Taliban. I hope there's some civilization. Here's a little on why the, the Afghan troops are uh, given up so easily. Corruption is the main reason for failure of uh, some of our, um, or surrendering of some of our areas to Taliban. Fauzia Kufi is a member of parliament and a peace negotiator with the Taliban. Extremists have tried to kill her. Twice. 
I actually had a meeting yesterday with those people who ran away. I said, why did you leave the area? They were telling me stories like they did not eat for four days because there was no food for them. They hadn't eaten four days is why. That's uh, one reason you might surrender. Yeah, well, and I can see the Taliban. I don't know if they buy radio ads or put up posters or, or what, saying, look, if you're in the Afghan army just for the gig because you needed to do something, we totally understand. Come on over, lay down your arms, we'll give you 80 bucks to get home, uh, all is forgiven. And I could see guys who are, who are thinking they're going to be the next ones overrun, have their heads sawed off or worse, thinking, yeah, I'll take that deal. Yeah, I want to fit this in. This is uh, Representative Adam I can't pronounce his last name. Kinzinger? There you go. The moderate from Illinois. It's a crushing defeat. You know, uh, the Taliban always had a saying. They said the U.S., America has the watches, but we have the time. Uh, You know, I'm I'm proud of the American people for sticking by this mission for 20 years. We actually needed to do it longer. We still have troops in Kosovo. Um, But unfortunately, it, it worked. The Taliban have outlasted the will of the United States. It was not a hot war, really. It was basically a peacekeeping operation, and we may have to go back now. It is a crushing defeat, and uh, I'm really sad about it, honestly. Calling it a peacekeeping operation. I wish more people had done that. The, 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 the American people didn't stand by this operation. We weren't paying attention. We hadn't been paying attention in 15 years. What is he talking about? Armstrong and Getty.